McFarland, McFarland Energy, thanks so much for sponsoring the Brad Foe Show. Quick one, just want to give you a taste of what happened at Fenway Park on Sunday, 2013, team reunited, honored at Fenway with a little bit of batting practice for the kids. Batting practice for the kids, what's better than that? And those kids were members of the families of the 2013 team who got the chance to get together, the vast majority of that world championship team being honored before the game. But before they were even honored, obviously it's been a weekend of them getting together, uh, having exchanging stories, going to events, so forth and so on, going out to the, the finish line of the Boston Marathon. Tomorrow, same deal, going out to the starting line. But today they were at Fenway Park being rolled out in front of the Fenway Park crowd before the Red Sox 2-1 to one, win, one hour and 57 minute 2-1 to one game, by the way. But this this game, it was once again, or this day was, is, as I titled in this column that I wrote, it was just a reminder of how good things can be. I mean, not only in terms of how good things can be in terms of the Red Sox actually winning three to one, uh, three straight now after their two to one win over the Angels. Not only good in terms of actually getting a starter in Garrett Whitlock to get the first out by a starting pitcher of the Red Sox in the sixth inning all year. But also, hour and 57 minute, holy mackerel, hour and 57 minute, how good is that? That's how good it can be. And on top of it, the reminder of how good a team can be, how that good vibe can be. You look at the guys who were in attendance at Fenway Park from the 2013 team, and obviously not everyone was able to be there. David Ross, Mike Napoli with the Cubs, Daniel Nava, he's managing. But David Ortiz, John Lester, John Lackey, Dustin Bedroya, Jared Saltalamaki, Johnny Gomes, Will Middlebrook, Steve Drew, Andrew Miller, Craig Breslow, Franklin Morales, Mike Carp, Shane Victorino, Jacoby Ellsbury, Brian Butterfield, Arnie Baylor as coaches, Craig Colburn. I mean, these guys, these guys, all of them, they all should have brought back memories of this is what happened. This is what can happen when a team just fits just right. So there you go. Just wanted to give you a taste of that. And, and, and. John Farrell, obviously the manager of the Boston Red Sox that year, he also was part of the ceremony, part of the part of the the whole scene, which was great to see. John, John is now a lobsterman in Gloucester. Uh, he is enjoying his life that way, and but we really haven't had a good a chance to talk to him, to sit down and talk to him with members of the media. So here you go. I'm going to give you uh, the media's get together with John Farrell. We I've you know I've covered John ever since he was pitching coach for the Red Sox. It, going back to the Terry Francona years, obviously then went to Toronto, then came back as manager. Um, but he's always good to talk to, and this was a reminder of that. So subscribe, rate, review. Once again, thanks to, to the great people at McFarland for sponsoring. This is a Bradfoe show on the go. We'll keep them coming. I also go to Baseball Isn't Boring for a, for a wider variety of topics throughout baseball. This is Red Sox-centric and there is not going to be anything more Red Sox-centric than the 2013 Red Sox. So here you go. Here's a taste of it. Here is John Farrell. Uh, well, what's the first thing that sort of jumps out to you about that team? It was by far the most tight-knit group I'd ever been around, either as a player, coach, manager. That was a unique group of individuals. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, the events on April 15th that year, I think even further galvanized their, their, their unity. Um, but I think, you know, going back to the first day of spring training, I think it was pretty clear to all of us, coming off the year that was before, some of the players that Ben Charrington had brought in, 
there, there were a number of guys that were looking for their own personal redemption, and yet we were looking for that as an organization in a way. And, and to their credit, to the players' credit, they, they were not about the individual. They were about their, their, their team and, and, the, and the group. And I can remember the first spring training meeting was, you know, hey, if we can commit to just checking our ego at the door and just come in and let's, let's play what we can for tonight. Uh, but I think when you look back, the emotion and the energy that that team played with throughout the course of the year, no doubt, was fed, they fed on the energy that was in here, the relationship with the fans. Because I don't think there's any team over 162 games that can maintain that level of energy. And, and we were able to do it because of what was happening here, a reminder every night in the ballpark. John, when did that, I mean, you know, Patriots Day, you guys go to Cleveland, then you come back. That's a crazy week. But when did you think it kind of turned for the players and that they began feeding, not capitalizing on the tragedy, certainly, but being fed by everything that was going on? I think it was a pretty well-publicized meeting in Cleveland where the 617 of the Boston Strong was born. Um, and I don't know if that was Will Middlebrooks or other guys. that, But that was a that was a team dinner of 24 guys that went to dinner, which, I mean, you guys travel now. If there's two guys who go to dinner, that's an that's a, a uncommon event. Right. That became somewhat customary. We go into another city, and there was always a team meeting, a team dinner. So that was kind of the first outward sign that... Um, that was taking place. Then we get back here and the hospital visits that the players generated wanted no publicity, did it on the QT. You know, groups of eight or ten that broke up to those three hospitals. I think that's what allowed some of those personal interactions to really take hold and guys live that through their tragedy, unfortunately. This, this team won, you know, four championships in 14 years. The first one will always be the most special because of the 86 years. But do you think in a lot of ways your team is, is the second most popular among the championship teams? I, um, I guess the short answer is yes, because I think there's so many characteristics of that team people identified with. The beards were one, yep. uh, the brotherhood were there, whether it was Victorino's walk-up song. I mean, there were so many different interactions that um, allowed people to maybe get closer than a, than maybe a normal year. No. But, I mean, my gosh, we could stand here all day and talk about the different occurrences throughout that, that year that, uh, you know, allowed that team to achieve what they did. And, geez. What, in the ALCS, I think we were getting no-hit three consecutive nights, and it was like, we felt like, oh, no-hit through the six, perfect. We got them right where we want them. <laughs> uh, and then to this day, I thank the Cardinals for continuing to pitch to Ortiz. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't until game five where they said, you know, we'll finally walk them. Uh, yeah, just just a, a great group of guys that, that cared for one another. Uh, and that sacrifice for one another. I mean, that was, a, in every sense of the word, that was a team. Well, first of all, only David Ortiz could say what he did on live air uh, and, and get away with it. Um, yeah, he's, I think to me, he's, and I felt this way as a coach and certainly as a manager with him on the team, he's one of the last two superstars. You know, he, people gravitated to him. Uh, and the things that he did that people never really saw away from the field, uh, 
mean, he was larger than life and still is to this day. John, real quick, uh, you've probably been asked this already, so I apologize, but does it feel like it's been 10 years no. with the group that you have here? Uh, I think whatever has sped up time, whether it's COVID or whatever, but 10 years have gone in a flash. Um, unfortunately, that's what life deals, you know, kind of deals us, but to be able to come back and see guys that we shared so many special moments, uh, I don't know if there'll ever be a group quite like that group to be, you know, assembled again, but... Uh, just a, a great group to be with. Great group to be with. They, they talked about winning the World Series in July. And I think in some cases, even mentioned it, we're going to start growing beards, World Series beards, in spring training. That was Gomes and Napoli. Uh, so they talked the game. They were very they were very vocal about what they wanted to accomplish. And they went out and did it. It's great. 